The following podcast may be explicit. It may contain references to and examples of bodily functions. It may also contain infantile humor and profane language. It may also contain some useful information about the tabletop RPG hobby. If you find any of these things offensive, stop listening now. What you should not do is give us a bad review on iTunes because you do not like one of these things. Thank you, and enjoy the show. And I storked it. I fucked up the die roll. I storked it. My luck's a black hole, so I storked it. And I know I'm an asshole, because I storked it. And I storked it. You're listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon and beer. And I know I'm an asshole, because I storked it. Thank you for joining us for Season 15, Episode 1 of Happy Chicks Already Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Mary. This is Stork. And this is Kurt. And, uh, Oricon 2015. September 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th, or 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th, whatever it is that weekend. Liberty Day weekend. Liberty coming weekend. up. Weekend. Labor Day weekend, coming up. Gateway. I'm yes. not going to do the LARP. If Tyler's going to do the LARP at, at the... At February. February con that I'm not going to You've do. shamed him into it? He says he's going to come down for it and do it. And Mary, what game that you've never, ever run before that you studied <laughs> and that are you running this time? I'm uh, not going to be there, actually. What? Because a conventionized staff form moved to that weekend after I planned my wedding around their regular date. Really? This convention takes precedence over your wedding? No. Okay, They good. moved it to a different date that doesn't conflict, barely. I'm a little bit mad at them. But and yet, not mad enough to quit. Yeah, all right. <laughs> it, it isn't a LARP thing, is it? No. Okay. No, it's an anime thing. Oh, all right. So, no games, but that gives me an extra four months to run like learn, like, three new systems sure, for February. Right, sure. like, like you do. Right. <laughs> well, I did get Costume Fairy Adventures off Kickstarter, and they've finally released almost everything that you get for the Kickstarter. It's fairies who wear costumes and have adventures, so it's a good name for the system. <laughs> not, not deceptive. Not, a deceptive. No, not no. the slightest. Yeah. You very get what you wig. pay for. Straightforward and very <clears throat> honest. Straightforward. The, uh, so since you're not doing the LARP, have you come up with some stuff you're going to do yet? I'm going to run a moment of truth. I'm, I'm really trying to get the... I shouldn't have announced I wanted to run an online game until I was ready to run an online game. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to run... Two campaigns in the universe of Starship Troopers. Ooh. One table here, face to face, and one online. It really is your favorite setting. It is. Well, it's n hardly a setting because if you read the book, there's very little about what the outside world is like outside of the mobile infantry. Is that what you want to explore? Yeah, because they. It, well, it's. I have carte blanche because they really describe very little. Or Island describes very little of it. Mm -hmm. So. So I you pull from Verhoeven's no. version. <laughs> oh, fuck you. No. I no. couldn't even say that with a straight no. face. I'm sorry. No, in fact, the, the, the arachnids will have weapons, and they will have starships, because if you fling uh, a, a comet halfway across the galaxy, it doesn't show up in a week. No. No. It shows up in, like, a million years. Yeah. If that. If kill that. the bugs. Kill the bugs. Right. Yeah. No. Squish. No, they're going to be badasses. And they're, I mean, they're, they're, they are tool users, and there are, you know, they have cat, they have cats. There's brain bugs and and royalty bugs, but um, that's barely even touched on. I mean, they they capture a brain bug, 
in uh, in the book at the end of the book, but um, you know very little about them. But but they are they have weapons. They're not just like animals. And you're gonna run it in moment, moment of truth. truth. Yeah. Okay. But I'm, I'm, what I'm the reason it's taking me so long to do it is I've I've finally come up with a random character generation system that is going to work, I think, within the confines of the game. And now I have to come up with all of like the career things, because it's Traveler-esque. Mm. So I'm going to come up with all the, the career things that would exist in the Starship Troopers universe. And there's a lot of them. Because mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's Federal Service ones, and then there's civilian jobs. Then there's also civilian jobs that well, pretty much only go to people who've had service, like you know, like police officers. Mm-hmm. Probably all come out of military, right? So, Flight service But I'm going to run it, and I'll probably continue running it with with that random character generation system because it should be pretty quick uh, at at the con- next con too. I think. Um, what are you running? Uh, David and I are working on another freak show game. I, I found a I found an online meme that came around. I went, that's really cool and weird, and so I sent it to him. And so we're we're jumping off of that. Excellent. So once again, ripped from the real world, a freak show shall right. be. I'm probably going to run another vampire game because I have I finally came up with the idea that I want to run for. You, because oh, okay. uh, sometime up here, possibly as a an actual play, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and then just hold off on publishing it because then I'll have it ready to go for. Oh, okay. Um, or ha- ha- hold off on on posting it, and then I'll have that module ready to go for um for the con. Excellent. And um, I might. Might run a, another Wild Talents game, maybe. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Now, I have to ask you, this sort of segues into that, uh, yeah. you you uh, are starting up a new game. Yes. With five people or so? Five players. Right. Mary is one of them. Um, so you don't want to talk about your plot too much, but it's... No, it is. Uh, it's Do you Traveler. have a plot yet? <laughs> I have nascent ideas of a plot. Um, <laughs> but it's Mongoose Traveler. It's Mongoose Traveler. So how did, how did character first, go? First time I've ever run Traveler. I've only played Traveler, like, twice. Um, so it's little... But Mary's played more than I have by, like, 50%. <laughs> And, um, which for her, it means that she essentially is a publisher at Mongoose, effectively. Right. I mean, it's a simple <laughs> system. I mean, I mean, if American Master Hero and then and go and run a deck, yeah, right. Mongoose it, it, is it's, nothing. It, it's part of the challenge of running a game for Mary is that she'll know the system better than I do sure. by the time I start running it. Which is um, helpful. So how did it's character helpful. Gen- character Gen went, uh, was fun. Um, it... I I have a, a little bit of advice to anyone who would like to try running Traveler, and that is um, the the advice that I got that I didn't hold to well enough, which is make sure that you go through one term at a time and just go to player to player to yep. player to player to player, but make sure that everybody's only doing one term at a time. It because seems minor, but it's it important. It seems minor, but I at the end of all of it, 
at the end of the character creation, uh, first of all, I had one character who, one player who decided she didn't want to go to a fourth term, but which is fine. Sure. Okay, that's yeah. great. Um, it does mean that all of her, since she was, did her first term at the same time as everybody else did, but everybody else went longer, her time frame gets shifted. So it was like a the little events, tricky making the connection events aren't yeah. are, are a little takes a little work to to we did it though yeah it wor- that worked out but then I have another player who managed to roll two terms in the span of when everybody else was doing one he didn't even realize that he'd done it and I didn't realize that he'd done it either until I look at his character sheet and I'm like wait you've got five you've got five terms here and everybody else has four. Uh, how did that happen? Oh, so you had everyone be in the same amount of terms? Um, I, 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 we went to four terms because that was it got to be too late, and we didn't really oh. want to keep and going. That's also when we hit the aging stuff, and and we started to hit the aging stuff, that. and we I kind of wanted to have people f- relatively young. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck you, by the way. <laughs> aging rules aren't that bad. No, the. <laughs> Okay, I um, realized that looking, looking at it I'm later. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. No, 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 no. I, I, I didn't. I didn't have a problem with going with the aging rules. That that wasn't an issue. Who said that? No, I, I, I didn't want that. That wasn't the point. The point was, I mean, they're all what 34, which is right, relatively young. Well, I've got one who's 38 and one who's 30, right. um, and you know, relatively young in their traveling career. Mm-hmm. Um, be, but I wanted to start off that way so that their the the character experience kind of mimicked the player experience with the system. Oh, okay, all right. And my personal experience with the system as a as a referee. Okay. So well, that's I, I have to tell you um uh, with, with But I, one of my players okay. rolls worse than you do, Stork. Yeah, I does. I've heard. She I've heard really that. Does. Yeah, and and that she was the one who decided no, after she was forced to muster out after her third term because she never made a single advancement roll. She rolled a five. And on she the rolled last no. She rolled a three. Oh right. On her last one, which is means you're forced to muster out. But she decided. Nah, I'm not. My gonna whole, my whole point anymore. is that uh, that's all just going to make your character more interesting. It's going to take you <coughs> places that you wouldn't have chosen to go. <coughs> the other thing is, I was going to say about the whole time compression thing is uh, when we did the Star Wars Traveler the first time, Stu's character did a couple of things less than we did, but we kind of hand waved all that time stuff yeah. and just made all the connections oh, no. work because that was sort of the important part. No. Oh no, that's the extra, right. The extra, ye- the extra oh, yeah. term. There was a you thing were that you guys did that I didn't. I was stuck in carbonite. Yeah, we we came up with a. Oh, a, cool. A, yeah. we came up with a reason why that had happened. Yeah, he was stuck in stasis. I'm trying to figure out for my game, figure out a way to do character generation backwards. Ooh. So here's the moment when you all meet. What happened prior to that? Wow, that really goes. That's what I'm trying. To what do. I had thought about for a topic for that's today, awesome. but if it, I don't know if it's going to work. Make it, it work. You can make it work. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna try. Um, anything else before we? Um, uh, can I plug my <coughs> band real quick? Yeah, go ahead. So, Sportive Tricks just released our third full-length album last weekend. It is called Tricks Up Our Sleeves, um, and um, we will be playing at the Big Irish Fair this weekend. So, if you're listening live, then you can go to Long Beach and El Dorado Park and and uh, come see us there, along with the Bells of Bedlam and the Merry Wives of Windsor. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and other bands like the Fenians and whoever else you might know. Rumbly Tumbly. Something like that. Yeah, Humble, Humble Hooligans. Are the Hooligans still around? Yeah, Humble oh, Hooligans nice. usually play there. Um, uh, yeah, so... Are the Whatchamacallit still around? The guy that used to play the bass by hitting it? I don't know. God, what's the name of that band? But, uh, so that's this Saturday and Sunday, Father's Day weekend... Um, and then we will also be, for those who aren't listening live, we will also be playing at a place called the Red Leprechaun in Long Beach on August 28th, which is a Saturday night. And if they want to get your CD online, what they go to? They should go to sportivetricks.com. S-P-O-R-T-I-V-E-T-R-I-C-K-S dot Yes, that is correct. We are also on iTunes and Amazon and CD Baby, uh, which links are available at sportivetricks.com so you can you can find us there next all right uh this episode is sponsored by the way mm, excellent by easyrollerdice.com my favorite they're my new favorites third episodes they're sponsored Ooh, love that one hey gamers who wants to pay 85 cents per dice at your local shop not us and probably not you at EasyRollerDice.com, you can snag 10% off all our products right now. And that means you can grab the fat sack. And who doesn't want to grab a fat sack? Right? <laughs> a 105-count bag of Factory First Dice with a nice velvet carrying bag. Created with a heavy material just for dice. All for less than 23 bucks. That's less than 22 cents per dice. Not to mention the bag itself is valued at fourteen ninety five alone. Go to www.easyrollerdice.com. That's easyrollerdice.com. Enter the code HAPPYDICE, all caps, HAPPYDICE, at checkout and save 10% right now. Right now. Do it right now. And they're good dice. We have them. We have, they sent me some samples of them, and they're f- fine, respectable dice. I paid full price for them because I, by the they time I got there, the they didn't have the code and you did it. That's you right. Sh- yeah. But now they do. I do not regret it. How do they roll for you? Uh, they're better than most of the dice, but uh, I, it's me, so uh, it's not the their water fault. Test? Have you done the water okay, test? Okay, that doesn't make it, the water test doesn't make any sense to me. Isn't that just going to explain where a bubble in the right. in the plastic might be? So then you throw away those dice. Whichever way thing. it floats up, if it floats up more commonly on one, that that side is lighter. Is lighter? Or it has a bubble? Or it has a bubble, yeah. right? Because there was the whole thing about about the the thing I saw was like somebody was rolling twenties way too often, and the guy said, "Give me that." Dropped it in and went, "Aha!" This dice has a bubble in it. Rolling twenties too often. But for me, that would probably just balance it all out. <laughs> it probably would. Yes, there's like But a, it would also help don't. you figure out if any of them are kind of weighted towards one. Right, you guys have all secretly been every dice it. you've ever touched. Hey, Stork, happened. what's that over there? Pink. <laughs> Probably. So go to easyrollerdice.com, use uh, happy dice as the code at 10% at checkout, and grab the fat sack. As I often say. <laughs> First time I've ever heard you say it. I'm gonna, it's my story, and I stick it to it. Come All right. And thank you to Easy Roller Dice. And if you'd like to support the show, support our sponsors. Indeed. All right. On the merits of random encounters from Ryan. Hi. I was recently directed to your podcast from a thread at N World and Amp or EN World, and I'm currently enjoying your prodigious archives. I told myself that I'd hold off on writing 
until I'd caught up to date. But I've been noticing a trend whenever a certain topic came up on the show, and I felt like the opposing viewpoint deserves to be heard. My apologies, as this has already been addressed during... If you've already addressed this during the intervening years. In season 5, Dirt episode God. 15. Is that when Dirt was young? Yes, when <laughs> Dirt was young, yes. <laughs> Many of you expressed distaste at the concept of random encounters. One person suggested that their only value was in giving the party extra XP. So they can level up before they get to the big bad. I d- disagree with this opinion. I actually have come to disagree with this opinion as well. And that kind of dovetails into the topic a little bit. Random encounters exist to serve two very important purposes. Number one, they eat away at your resources, you being the player. Uh, I know you're aware that of the problem where the party breaks down the door in the big bad's throne room and everyone spends all their best spells and powers to kill the boss in two rounds. One of the reasons why that scenario shouldn't happen is because the party should only have a few spells or other daily use abilities left by the time they get there. You need random encounters that are strong and numerous enough to potentially kill the party if they don't use those powers in order to prevent everyone from going Nova and turning the boss into an anti-climax. And who likes an anti-climax? Oh, 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 ow, ew! Don't look at me, don't look at me, don't look at me! Oh, you looked at me! (laughs) I'm, 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 I need a sandwich. Mm, baseball. Of course, <laughs> you could handle that with scripted encounters rather than random ones, which leads to my second point. Random encounters allow the DM to remain impartial instead of becoming adversarial. When the parties, when the players know that there's a 10% chance every hour that they might run into something, and they don't know whether that something is going to be a friendly merchant or a band of goblins or a huge dragon... Then they gain some measure of control and culpability over what happens, whether they decide to rest or otherwise spend a lot of time in a dangerous area. They know what they're getting themselves into. This also removes a lot of burden, a lot of burden from the DM, who no longer needs to tailor every encounter to the exact strength of the party. It can be really tough for a DM to guess how a f- hard how hard a fight will turn out but with random encounters it doesn't matter if the monsters are pushovers or way too easy because it's the responsibility of the players to engage or flee as they see fit the impor- flee. flee if they actually flee if they flee yeah. well i mean if you give them a if you give them you know a, if they're a first level party and you give them a adult red dragon yeah, but I, mean, I did that once. People it was very dragon, rarely run. They, well, well, okay, their second characters run. <laughs> 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 it depends Fair on enough. the system. Yeah. In yeah, Vampire, yes. we ran. Yeah. In D&D, you guys ran. In Traveler, I was running. I got so much shit for it. It's great cardio. Dick. Yeah. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's episodes up, so we can talk about it without spoilers. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll learn a little bit. Uh, the important part is that the DM isn't the bad guy here. If the party comes across a random dragon and the halfling gets eaten and everyone else flees, then everyone at the table knows that it wasn't the DM being a jerk. And they know it wasn't the DM making and they know it wasn't the DM making an honest mistake about how strong the party is relative to the dragon either. One of the cornerstones of sandbox style simulation immersion play is the DM isn't going to metagame or tailor anything to to the party. One of my biggest pet peeves is when the DM tries to protagonize me like I'm some character in a cheesy fantasy novel instead of a real person. Uh, but I think that 
that the I don't quite get that, but I think that these reasons can justify the inclusion of random encounters, even in story-oriented games. I know of at least one shared narrative control game where players can spend the equivalent of a fate point in order to buy a random encounter whenever they don't want to deal with the plot. Hint. It's made, M-A-I-D. I don't get that. I don't, I don't know that one. I think I that's probably a system that Mary's going to learn in the next week. Anyway. You thanks. might send me into a feminist rage, actually, with that name. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Like, it could be like American made. Like don't the, judge the, tick, the, the system. Tick, the tick. Remember hey, the it, 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 shoe, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> if the tick is involved, that's all right. But. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, thanks for the entertaining podcast. Good, good work, Ryan Saylorn. Saylorn on the forums. P.S. What's up with all the the hate for furries? The ones I've met have always been nice people, and I've met more than a few. I've ne- I don't know if I've known any furries. Um, any furries. I'm fine with furries because they buy my stuff. Right. I, um, I, they buy a lot of soap from me when I sell at their convention, so I think furries are awesome. So you, then you really hate RPGers because they don't even use soap. No, no, I put the dice in the soap, and it smells like Mountain Dew or Dr. Pepper, so gamers buy from me, too. Oh, they have to get to the dice. You gotta get to the dice. Get to those dice. I must get to the dice. They actually chisel it out with tools. And if you don't like people, do you put D4s in them? I... You know what? Okay, there's a furry who wants me to make soap for him with D4s so that he can give it as... That's a kink. ...gifts to his friends. Wow. Or, I'm sorry, to his... Friends, <laughs> frenemies, and consider considering my future brother-in-law is a furry. I, yeah, I'll kick you if you say things <coughs> about my brother. No, no, it, he's a wonderful guy. Yeah. So here's the thing. I have discovered in our, the D and D campaign that I'm running, actual play, uh, episode twelve goes up next Wednesday, and thirteen goes up the Wednesday after. They're already scheduled. They're going up. Uh, episode thirteen. Two and a half hours, one fucking combat. Through the entire two and a half hours? Damn near the whole thing. Okay. But that makes up up for like the 13 other episodes where nothing happened. Well, no, no we've had a lot of combats. There's been quite a bit of combat. Not quite one a session. We've got, we will go a couple sessions without one here and there. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little behind on the actual play. Well, everyone is because I, I fucked up and didn't put two episodes up, but they're going up now. But the thing that I've noticed and this actually, what got me to thinking about this was Lokio on our forum put something in the D and D five E sub forum about specifically about this problem. Uh, and what he is saying here is absolutely one hundred percent correct. That game is designed, and it, the 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 design assumption for that game is that you will have six to eight combats per long rest per day. Essentially, wow. That seems like you don't actually rest. Well, if it's like it'd be like clearing a dungeon, okay. right? You go in, you've got a dungeon, you've got a bunch of rooms, and there's got monsters in the rooms, and you go from room to room, and you clear the place out. Yeah. I, By I the know, end of it, you find someplace safe, and you can sleep. I right? know that the I haven't I haven't run Five E, so I haven't taken a look at the the DMG, but uh, I know that the way Four E was structured, it was designed. To, you would effectively have eight to ten encounters per level. Like you would expect to level about after right. uh, after about eight to ten right. combat encounters. 
Maybe. So, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. But uh, that was how it was theoretically designed. Here, so. Here's the problem. For me to come up with challenging encounters. Now, I have a sp- slightly different situation because I have two rhinoceroses. <laughs> And and four NPC fighters who are like first level. They're not. They're insignificant, but they're there and they do a little bit of damage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, combats are taking a long time, and I, and we know one of the reasons combats are taking a long time is the fact that there's six NPCs on the player's side yep. that need to take their turns and do all their shit. Yep. So we're going to eliminate that story wise. We're going to figure out a way to you're, you're, like. You're going to kill them all. You're no, going to kill the rhinos. No, I, 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 th- th- I c- it's impossible to kill anything in D&D, in D&D <laughs> 5th edition. It's not possible. With with the the way... With, with this party, with two healers... Oh. Uh, um, okay, yeah. Out of and, five. And you have to make... Uh, you have to miss three death rolls. Don't you have and three you healers? Don't ha- two. Oh, Tyler's leaving. Well, Because right. uh, you have a shaman... Bill's character is technically a paladin. Right. Uh, so he might have some kind of healing ability, but I've never seen him use it. Okay, all right. Might not That's how he plays high it. Enough right. level to That's possible, too. Because okay. I remember it used to come in around like level four or five. They just hit five. Okay, so he... Um, but the... You have to miss three death rolls before you make three death rolls, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And the amount of... And, and you don't, never take damage below zero. Once you hit zero, mm-hmm. all the rest of it is ignored. It's not You're not at a negative amount. Mm-hmm. So when you heal someone, you're healing from zero. And as soon as you're back up, you're effective again. Yeah. Uh, and then if I if you're at two hit points and I hit you for another twenty five hit points, I've only done two. Yeah. Right. And don't the orcs have some special like hardy ability? That, oh, they've got. They, it, they, they bounce up to one. Everyone's got something. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's got something. But uh, one of the, the, here's the problem: we don't have many encounters between long rests. I don't run that kind of game. Yeah. I don't want to run that kind of game. Yeah. I don't want to have random encounters. But yes, he's absolutely right. The system is designed for that, that there's going to be a couple encounters rolling up to the big set-piece battle with the big boss, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the way the game's... That's why you have problems with everyone nuking the big bad right at the end. Boom, and he's taken out in two rounds, and suddenly it's... Oh yeah, that was exciting. So... Lokio mentions this about 5e specifically, and w- and and I looked at the way that the encounters I'm doing, and even taking into account the fact that they've got six extra NPCs, I'm doing encounters that are way beyond what they would classify as a quote unquote deadly encounter, way beyond it. Mm-hmm. And that's to challenge the party, right? Because they're going to come in because they they don't try to to uh, budget their expendable resources since they're renewable. They nuke everything that they need to nuke and then they mop up for the rest with their regular at-wills, right? right. So Now, do your players also... I haven't been keeping track as closely as this, but do your players also do the 10-minute day? No. Where, um, like, we've had one combat, let's have a long rest now. And... <laughs> well, that's how you. It's get been, it's been effectively ten minutes, <laughs> and therein li- I think lies the problem. Because of the fa- yes, they do. Oh, okay. Because of the fact that they're constantly looking to make sure that they're constantly topped off. Mm-hmm. I have to make encounters that are much larger, which means that the monsters have m- a lot, much more hit points, and they're way more overpowered. Mm-hmm. Last fight they fought, 
uh, three giant creatures, I won't say what they were, and three other huge creatures. And these things were... Either one or the other would have been a probably considered a deadly fight. And I had all of them. Yeah. I had like six of total creatures. And wailing on them. And there was never any danger that they were not going to win that you fight. You were really trying ever. to kill Tyler's character. No, I wasn't trying. I was trying to kill his rhino. <laughs> oh, I was well, trying to kill right. his rhino. Because um, he's leaving. Because so. he's leaving. Yeah. And I don't want someone else to take it. Right. So, now I wasn't actually trying to kill his rhino, but <laughs> the the giant animals were, because mm-hmm. they want to eat. So, anyway, um, while all this is happening, I start realizing, God, this combat is taking forever. And the reason it's taking forever is because the hit points of the monsters are so fucking huge. Why are the hit points of the monsters so, so huge? Because I have to make a huge encounter because they're going to nuke everything because they don't have to worry about budgeting their stuff. Why don't they have to worry about budgeting their stuff? This gets into Lokio's post, and I encourage anyone who plays 5th edition D&D to go onto our forum, find the 5e D&D or D&D Next sub-forum about three-quarters of the way down, and read his post. It's long, and he explains the math, and he sets out several different ways to deal with this situation. Because it is a situation, if you're not playing a dungeon where you're going to have five, six, seven, eight encounters per, per day you're going to run into problems like this. Uh, and it's it's starting to rear its head, and it's only going to get worse as they level, right? Power creep. So one of the things he suggested, he had, a, he had a couple different suggestions in it. One of them is something like random encounters. Slow roll your encounter. Instead of having, okay, here's this big massive fight, because they're going to nuke everything in it, I'm going to set some stuff back. I'm going to make it a bigger fight, and they're going to start with these guys are going to come running out. That's encounter number one. And then once that's through, here comes the next wave. That's encounter number two. And then here is the big bad and his, and his buddies. That's encounter number three. So you're going to have three successive encounters. And if they don't budget their stuff, may, meaning they're, they're starting to get worried. And that's what you want. You want your players to not know the outcome of the fight is certain all of the time. That's going to get boring, isn't it? Mm-hmm. As a player? Yeah. I'm thinking. There needs to be an actual fear of death. Right. I'm gonna throw, which is why Traveler is always so nerve-wracking. You know, you get into combat and you're like, ah, you know, a one, one shot. gunshot. <laughs> Same with GURPS. One gunshot right. and I could really die. Yeah. And you actually have to you have to play smarter. And budget resources and, and, and look for cover and start looking up the armor rules and you uh, explosive rules. Anything you can do, any edge you can get. It makes you play smarter and it makes it more interesting as a player and as a game. So you don't get hit because once you get hit, your day is fucked. Right. So how do you feel about random encounters in non-D&D systems? Like in your system, in Moment of Truth, or in GURPS or other systems like that? I can see it. Uh, he, I think he makes a good point. If the party is is... Dilly, dilly dallying around in a dangerous place for some reason I think it's not a bad idea to illustrate the reason it's a dangerous place and as long as it's not wandering damage <laughs> no 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 I well I no, I, I, <laughs> he deserved it though <laughs> I, I I remember one of the arguments that was brought up against <clears throat> random encounters back in season five and one of them was why the hell are you throwing anything at... Th- and th- this comes from a narrative yes. point of view. And it, why the hell are you throwing anything against your players 
that doesn't affect that that doesn't support the story pertain to the story pertain right. to the story right and um unfortunately my players never got to this point but the last time i ran D, they had to go on this like one week trip from one city to another mm-hmm. and along the way they ran up against a bugbear and um a, uh, a young green dragon and something else i don't remember exactly what was the I third one was game? yeah you were in the game didn't that the was your green rogue. dragon just fly overhead or flew something? overhead and landed and you all just hid from it because we were like dragon no yeah exactly right well that was how you decided to deal with the encounter was you hid until it ran away until it flew away and then you continued on and what what you never got to because the game ended was that while those seemed random, narratively, they were part of a gauntlet right. that the people that you were going to meet ex- needed to make sure that you could pass through this gauntlet. And if you could do that, then they could trust you with the task that they needed you to perform. Like if you couldn't survive this gauntlet... There was no way in hell that you were going to stand a chance against the task that they were setting before you. But that wasn't random. You planned all of I it. I did because I didn't really understand how to create random en- it encounters. It felt like a random... Actually, it felt very random. Right. It felt but like you were rolling. My, my point being is that you can absolutely, you know, p- uh, ex post facto create a narrative reason for why those random encounters that, happened. That dovetails well into what I was going to say, which is I've, I've always liked random encounters, especially in a sandbox, because it gives you a chance to have the player's hair off on a sideline, and it may turn into a major plot point. That, and, I know Jib has talked about yes. that a couple of times, where he just had a, something that was just a, a you know, was a, a, and then and then they 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 took to it and it ran off, and he had this whole other thing planned. Slavers, with like, yeah, right, and uh, well, the well, slavers. That's generally right. what will happen is, see, there's a random encounter. They try to figure out, well, why were those guy out, guys after us? Why did they attack us? Hmm. So you're like, well, it was a random encounter, and they start to come up with this cockamamie plot about, a freaking oh, bear it must be it must be something <laughs> right there's got to be something to this and you're like oh well maybe there is, that is an interesting idea it's kind of better than what i was thinking so yeah uh-huh. yeah and that's happened to me numerous times and, oh, and yeah. i mean that that's my favorite argument for a random encounter is that it gives you the gm and the players a chance to just sort of deviate from the norm to try new things like uh you know there's a kidnapped girl it's also just it's like a breath of fresh air it's like well we're gonna go bring the ring to mordor and oh wow this kidnapped hobbit oh let's go save the girl hobbit and then we'll go back to that ring and and it 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 kind of it's it's like a palate cleanser maybe they get there as a beer festival all stuff like that (laughs) and well you know you know what i mean yeah it 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 allows everybody a chance to just do something interesting What, what are you looking at was there something a, oh, I did get a text. Last so. time I did anything sort of random as an encounter, oh my, my players God. completely dropped the main plot. Oh, yeah. Well, that's my that's that, that is the danger of it. My bear, yes, the bear. Yeah. No, they they botched a search check. They were like looking for danger. There was no danger in the park at the time, but they botched it. So I had to give them danger because they weren't supposed to find anything. And next thing I know, my uh, magical girls, you know, Sailor Moon and all the rest of them, decided they needed to hunt vampires instead of fight their actual enemy. And, and as Stu said, how much more awesome it. was that? Um, uh, well, the vampires said, in the encounter, yeah, right. I'm just passing through. Because they were trying to play off, oh, no, I'm not a vampire. I can just leave. 
Um, because the vampires are supposed to keep themselves secret, and the vampire's like, I don't know what the fuck you are. We, we I want to pretend I'm normal. <coughs> four sessions chasing that vampire? Four or five sessions chasing that vampire, to the point where you almost left somebody's best friend in horrible mortal danger yep. when I finally got things back on track on that side, and you guys were like, oh no, he can walk home through the dark park with nobody with him when people <laughs> have been killed. And yeah, then it was like, oh wait, that was the park where the vampire was. Let's go help them. <laughs> I also think that if you're going to do random encounters, not every one of them has to be deadly. Oh, that's true. Uh, well, a random, random encounter just means random. They won't, won't be. They won't, well, but, won't but be I think a lot of people think that it has to be something that frightens your, your players or makes them into combat. So not everyone has to be combat. So some of them can just be, you know, you stumble over a trap. And right. maybe it's or or, or you know a wounded <laughs> animal. Or he mentioned friendly merchants or something. Oh back yeah, in the yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, it, that's important to reinforce because a random encounter is a random encounter, not a random fight. Right. Of course, if friendly merchants show up at two in the morning and start talking to us when we're supposed to be sleeping, I'm not going to respond in a friendly way. Um, I'm going to that may become that a combat. It's yeah. probably going to become a combat because those assholes woke me up and didn't have coffee. <laughs> I'm pretty sure whatever character I'm playing is going to respond with violence at that point. Exactly. Except now, the, the, except the merchants and they'll sell you shit. The, now, the, if you go and read Lokio's post on the forum about, about this conundrum, the most intriguing thing he had on there was, his, was the last suggestion, which was redefine what, what a long rest is. Mm. Give it story significance. So, for instance, get a monk in the party. A short rest is any time you get a night's sleep. But a like, long rest, like when you're on weather top and then somebody starts cooking and wakes everything up around the area. Yeah. But when, but when you're, uh, but a long rest is when you go to the monastery and spend two days meditating. Mm -hmm. That recharges your powers. Mm -hmm. Or you know what I suggested for um, for Bruce's character, who is a uh, bard, uh, you, for you to actually get that long rest and recharge your bard abilities, you have to go play to an appreciative audience. A big audience. You know, not sitting around with the party. you got to go, like, to a tavern someplace and do a set for the night. And and that brings back whatever it is that makes you a bard. You know, and it may be a, a paladin. He has to go and... Maybe, he, maybe there's a quest involved. Maybe he has to go and do good works or something. Or... So you know, some so, do something for his god besides go out and kill things. So no, I like that. I like that a lot. And it, it's an interesting idea. Your your paladin and your cleric are now Catholic. Faith is nothing without good works. Well, no, <laughs> but I'm I'm just saying that throwing that out as an example. No, I, but they do. They, they're going to have to do something besides go to bed for the night to recharge whatever it is their abilities are, right. and make it so that okay, yeah, we'd have we might have one combat session every other game session. Uh, so maybe you're only going to get an opportunity to do that every like three or four game sessions. Will you be near a monk's temple where you can go and and meditate? It makes perfect sense. I don't know about you. First of all, I hate camping, but I, I never get a good night's sleep when I'm no, camping, and I have a tent and stuff too. <laughs> Can't imagine in a bedroll. On the on a wet mossy ground with a guttering fire surrounded by wolves and orcs, and we're going to get a good night's sleep. Yeah, of course, yeah, it's Waking just awful. Yeah, you're going to wake up and go. I I don't know about you guys, but I didn't sleep well. So and, and I, but I think that also turns it. I don't, have any of you read the Artemis Fowl books? Yes. Okay, remember at the very beginning, Holly Short in the very beginning of the book, 
she has no magic. She's like drained, right? Yeah. And she gets caught because she's tapped out and she has to go do the ritual and she has to go to Ireland to the bend in the in the she has to go plant a seed plant an acorn or something, or something yeah. Yeah. where the, uh, the river bends around an oak tree or something and there's only a few places where this happens so goes to and then she gets caught yeah that's the kind of this you know story what um, I'm just gesturing uh, do Tyler I need to turn is, this off no well Tyler is pointing out on the on the forum that. <laughs> If you make a short rest, an eight-hour rest, no one will ever play a warlock, and it basically screws over certain character classes. Well, and I was gonna, that's the way that the game is is structured. I was going to say that to uh, at a point. I mean, if you start taking away people's rest and, and making rest a much bigger thing, they're going to get a little my testy. I can yeah, say my my, my it suggestion does is nerf certain classes pretty badly. Yeah, but but it, it's it may have been a while. Mm-hmm. Since any one of us has gotten like an amazing night's sleep, because we all work and we're busy and and things like that, but it's not because we're all up. having sex. You two are married. <laughs> well, you're married. I'm so. not married. Uh, not anymore. You're not. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the when you when you wake up from a long night's sleep, and and you're awake and you're awake for maybe 10, 10 minutes 15 minutes a half hour or whatever and especially if you do some something very physical like fight off a pack of wolves the chances are of you're being able to get back to sleep when you just had a long night's sleep are pretty minimal so you can actually back to sleep after as a, a fight in the middle of the night are pretty minimal. Well, yeah, exactly, right. So as GM, you might be able to say it's like you can't take another long rest right now. Well, I'm up you, now. I might as well make do, coffee. Even if you do well, spend six, eight hours doing nothing, you're not going to be rested at the end of it. It's not going to take that kind of effect. It's not going to have that kind of effect. So that would eliminate your ten minute day. Okay. Th- that's not for me. That's not the biggest problem. The biggest okay. problem is combats at the most are going to happen once per session, and probably once every other session, and they're rare. And the, the party knows they're going to get a night's sleep before the next time they have to fight. It's just it's just the way the game is. Gonna, I'm not interested in running a game where you're going to have four or five combats a day. No. I'm not interested in running that kind of game. So what I'm that's what I'm trying to do is get, get them to conserve those huge daily powers mm-hmm. in return I don't have to put in a combat where they're fighting stuff with 160 hit points okay so you're saying for your game they don't get into fights super often so you can make it a bigger deal for them to get the long rest I can make it I okay. here's here, the whole goal of this is to shorten the combats, mm-hmm. right? So, and the reason the combats are long is because they have a huge number of hit points. So you for the do monsters it so in order to make them challenging because okay. they're going to nuke the shit out of them, use all their dailies, or the casters going to use all their dailies, and then they'll just mop up. But if they only get a short, if they only get a long rest every. Week. week, let's say, it may not even be that. It may be as the story progresses. It's, you know, depending where you are too. Um, there may be one or two combats or three combats during that week, but they, but none of those combats were going to be at the scale of the combats that happen when I know I'm going up against a fresh party. 
You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So they wouldn't need. They wouldn't need. He said, like what Tyler's saying on the form right now is that this, the spellcasters are SOL. No, they're not SOL. They're only SOL if they nuke everything in that first encounter. And, and if that count encounter is scaled back, because I don't need to build a huge freaking encounter for it to be a challenging combat, they can hold back on some of that stuff. And what rate? Because. Like, the concern is the fighters are going in full strength every time, even if your mages or whatever are. Uh, so the, what's the healing rate of. look like there? Because well, the, the right now fighters we're, can't we're already up. using We're already using the healing rate that exists in the, as a variant, mm -hmm. which is you spend hit dice each night. And you take a quote-unquote long rest. Mm -hmm. That's when you heal. That's you, you, you don't heal all of your damage, which is rules as written. Mm -hmm. A good night's sleep, all of your damage goes away. Lame. Yeah. In the D in the DMG, there's a variant where it where you spend hit dice and you can heal. It. You decide, okay, I've got ten hit dice or five hit dice. I'm going to spend two and I'm going to roll those and heal that much tonight. Mm -hmm. um, and then, if I need those other hit dice later on, I've got them. Right. Okay. So you heal a little bit, essentially over the course of a couple days. Tyler's point is the way to get players to start conserving is to throw encounters after them after they haven't uh, oh after they haven't conserved right like oh, like, okay. like in our, you're uh, saying we, to teach them a we lesson. had a, we had a 5e mm -hmm. game once where we did a, a big encounter and then we're on our way back and you had another like giants four, coming after us and we right. had oh sorry yeah. and we had uh, no no not 4e I'm sorry L5R oh, okay it was right. the L5R game right. and we and I had no magic left and everyone Tyler was like dying in the back of the thing and people were chasing us and we were like we're running we're running right cuz yeah. there 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 is no way we can win this encounter we have to go and and, and we had basically used up we had already had one big encounter, and now there's a second one coming on. It was interesting as a player's, because we had to make the decision to run. But if you use up all your powers, if you're chasing your players, or if, you, if you're having your players, you're going to end up a running game. They're just going to keep running and running and running until they can find a place right. to sleep. See, the, 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 pro the problem, the situation that I'm in right now, and Tyler says the answer isn't changing the rules, it's using the rules as written. Okay, I am using the rules as written. The rules, however, are written for combat-heavy games, which is not what you want to run. Right. Yeah. So... And so what do I do? Maybe in I don't want to have combats that last the whole session. You I hate that. Also have the option of pointing out to the players, hey, here are the choices. Because if they're making right. those, I'm not going to make the decision on my own. Are a metagame decision? Absolutely. So have a metagame conversation and say, this is a result of this. If you guys want to adjust a little bit, we'll do this instead. It'll make combat shorter. Right. Just be aware of this. I can scale the combats down. They'll still be challenging because they know, hey, it might be five days before I get a chance for a long rest to recharge. So I'm not going to use all my good shit right now because I might have to fight something else down the road. And in return, you won't be throwing five th green dragons at them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing you have to be aware of is... I'm actually might... contemplating an adult dragon. They might put a lot That's of where I am. effort and attention into renewing their resources. You might suddenly have some players get really obsessed with the chance to sure. go do the thing. Um, it's at gonna, least until they find the balance. It's going to make it a less heroic game on their part. They're not just going to be able to wade into combat and come back out again, which is kind of, it seems like, <laughs> you know, what they're into. Don't play D&D. <laughs> Tyler's final suggestion is don't play D&D. I can what switch a, systems the, again. That worked great one last time. Yeah. One of the problems that I found with D&D in general is that if you 
if you if you create an encounter for uh, your players that you want to not take frickin' forever to run, the best way to do that is to give one uh, enemy because that limits the number of people or number of characters that have to act. Right. So if you have fewer or even just one enemy to act on the NPC side, then the, pro the, the problem and then the problem and, and but the problem familiar is with fifth edition uh, somewhat. But the, here, here's my point: is that if you have only one enemy, yes, there's fewer actions that take place per round. But that one enemy, even if you make them ridiculously <coughs> powerful, it, they only have a certain number of attacks per round, and the four, five, six, eleven, however many PCs all get to focus their their entire attention on one target. Sure. Conversely, if you make a large group of weaker opponents, the combat takes freaking forever because every <coughs> single one of them has an action, but the the uh, the, the PCs have to split their attention. And so sure. that becomes more deadly, but it takes much longer. Right. Uh, no, absolutely. I get that. The problem is in uh, one second. Fifth edition D and D, they've really scaled down the hit point. I know. So, but that that that's really high level monsters, uh, a couple hundred hit points max. It, it's a problem as opposed to fifteen hundred. It's a problem that I've run into in Vampire, where everything has either four or seven hit points. Right. The problem everything. though is if you make a single boss monster tougher. Um, it can really piss off your players because mm -hmm. um, you hit a point where the best way to make it stronger is to make it harder to hit, and that's the only way it's going to survive. I mean, it depends on the system. Yeah, it's one of the easy. Okay, we're back. Go ahead. Um, it's one of the easy ways to make a monster tougher, mm -hmm. um, but then you start having your players get pissed off that they can't hit it or they can't hit it enough. So anything that does damage reduction, anything that makes it harder to hit, anything that makes it harder to beat without just letting you wail away on it number-wise, mm -hmm. uh, it's going to start to really piss off the party. Because that's... In, in White Wolf, it's one of the easiest ways to keep something alive. In 5e, we had that problem. Yeah. 4e, we had that problem where it was just... They hit, you hit, they hit, yeah. Yeah. All, day, all night long. Once, yeah, once you're out of your powers, yeah. it becomes a... I roll, I hit, I yeah. roll, I yeah. hit. And it, 4e was all about attrition. Yeah, and after that, after that first hour, fuck yeah, it's going to be... It's going to start getting routine. Yeah. And, and I know in Five E they've they've really changed how your chance to hit and your chance to be hit does not really change much with with level. Very like every four levels, I think your your uh, your proficiency bonus right. goes up by one. But, but what not what, much? What goes up is your hit points. Your hit points go up. Yeah, right. So and they don't even then. Whereas in fourth edition, both hugely. went up. Yeah, which was uh, and your AC doesn't change. Right. I mean, you're, you, if you have armor and a shield, your AC is going to be t like 20 or 21. It will never go higher. That's as high as so, it's ever going to be. So, Stu, it sounds to me like you're running into the same problem you had with your L the first, the 4E game, the enemy game, which is now you're running into, you're having a hard time challenging the players. Except, you, except this time I have a manageable party size. But there's a lot, <laughs> of, there's a lot of NPCs yeah. on there. That's going to help a lot. I know that's going to help a lot. All right, but the, and, the, and the I mean the other thing is I can start dicking with the encounters, and I can say okay yeah I'll have them I'll I'll, I'll throw in huge fucking scary ass monsters, and maybe I'll just half their hit points, and they yeah. do max damage every time. 
Well, they don't want. They won't let me do that. I asked. No, that was that one too. of the suggestions with four. Right. Yeah. The other thing you can do because it does say in a long rest you uh -huh. get um, a good night's rest. Right. Do random encounters so they just don't rest. That's that's the same the same metagamey no. crap that but they're doing by taking a a nap at noon in the middle of the day. Well, right. you can so metagame their metagamingness. I don't want to do that. A flock I don't want to. I, I want to okay. elevate the level of game we're playing. Not. Sink okay. down to well, the metagame level. They've decided to take a nap in the middle of the day. That's great. How many animals are active in the middle of the day? Good oh, luck with okay. that shit. Right. And just, you know, the local wildlife. So it's not even a threat. It's nothing that's hard to kill. It's just something that's going to keep them from sleeping. Uh oh, right. I've heard about this thing. You know, oh, it, yeah. it so. rains on them and nobody actually has a tent. Um, have, right. a, have a good long rest when it's raining on you and you have no tent. Good luck with right. that. Or if you have a tent that leaks. Yeah. Trust me on this one. That sucks. <clears throat> Waking up in three inches of standing water, and your air mattress good. has gone flat. Yeah, it's even or worse when you wake up in three inches of standing water, and it isn't raining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if they're really being metagamey with their tactics about that, there's ways you can nip that in the bud by just <laughs> making them not rest. Right. Yeah. Stu, and they're not all—they're not all being metagamey all the time. But they're when they yeah. when they are tapped out. They are tapped out. Tyler claims that the only reason why <laughs> things are unkillable is because you suck at killing things. So he suggests that you let him run the monsters. <laughs> because Bruce is already scared of that. He is. It, it, was, it, it would end up taking longer, though. That's well, of course it would. Because Skype is <laughs> oh, difficult. Uh-oh. I look like carpet. Uh, I don't think we've solved your problems, Hello. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, we're, we'll try stuff and we'll see what happens. The, there are multiple different ways to skin a cat. And... Uh, there we go. I apparently look like a guitar. What, mm, what happened sexy there? Sexy curves. The guitars have much sexier curves so, than I do. I I'm going to move on here because we, you know. All right. Well, I, I would very much like to read the next one. All right. Go for it. Follow up from last week with a question and some advice from Matt from Chesterton. Greetings, programs. Matt from Chesterton here. Last week, I mistakenly referred to those on the podcast of the dulcet tones ladybugs I no, hereby no 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 it's much worse than ladybugs ladybugs would have lady oh been i'm okay. sorry lady bags i misread that i'm sorry <clears throat> last week i mistakenly referred to my those bags, on the podcast my bags, of the dulcet tones, my lovely lady lady bags, bags. <laughs> i hereby and wholeheartedly retract that horrendous term and offer my sincere my most sincere apologies also, I realized as soon as you were reading it, the term drummer carries many negative connotations. As it should. Sometimes my words fail me when I get drinky, as I was half in the bag of holding when I was writing. Now, speaking as a drummer, it's absolutely a, a slur. It's absolutely a derogatory term, and should be. Drummer? Yeah, drummer is absolutely a derogatory term, and it should not be. Can we not stop and just start calling it the D word, please? Yeah. Oh, right. All right. Sorry. The D word. <laughs> I'm not comfortable with that kind of language. I'm sorry. Well, fortunately, I'm also a bass player. Shit. Anyway, uh, I am, in fact, a classically trained percussionist of 35 years, and I'm also well-versed in piano, bass, yeah, I know, same or worse than drummers, exactly. What? And some brass, not to toot my own horn or anything. <laughs> and some brass. Okay, there we go. <laughs> You had that all queued up, uh, ready to go, but... <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Foley. There you go. You dress in the manner of a male prostitute. No, I don't. Uh, next I... <laughs> 
Next, I do want to thank you for your reading my email last week. What I brought away from it was that the best thing I could do would be to compile my own list of things I would like to see and build one myself. Thank you, Stork. Is this designing an alcoholic drink or building a game system? Don't remember. Um, I don't I, remember. Yeah, I, no, no. I wasn't on last week. So. I haven't listened to oh, last week. Oh, this is like a couple weeks old. Oh, I, right. haven't, okay. I haven't caught up. I'm behind by about five episodes again. Sorry. Now my question. Now my question. This weekend, I went out and bought the 5e starter set and started my 11-year-old daughter on her journey through the lost mind of Fandelver. Just her and I, with me DMing and running two of the pregens as NPCs to help her as she played the halfling rogue. Spoiler. This the it, this whole email is spoiler? full of spoilers. No, that the the whole this whole thing is full of spoilers. All Stephanie right. Brown is named spoiler actually. Wow, geeking <laughs> spoilers in the best spoiler in the fight against the bugbear in Cragmaw Hideout. My fighter, using a short bow he picked up outside, rolled a critical miss, and I proceeded to add a bit of humor to the situation by telling my daughter that instead of releasing the string, he released the bow my, by mistake, smacking himself in the face. Then proceeded to throw the bow across the cavern, yelling, Damn it! Language. Needless to say, are we really just going to walk D past word. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing his bow across the cavern, yelling, Damn <laughs> Needless to say, she got a big kick out of that, and it has become an early thing that we do. Whenever a critical miss happens, something ridiculous happens to whoever rolled it, be it player, NPC, or monster. My question is this. Do you use them in your campaign to add some humor, or do you like to keep it straight? Um, well, you know, occasionally we go gaily forward, but um, I'm sure... There's lesbians in your traveler game. That's true. I'm sure it's all about your DM personality, your campaign tone, and your players. I haven't really noticed them while listening to your Eldemy campaign, but I would like to the roundtable's views, as you all have had years more experience in multiple systems. Oh my... Uh, I'll stay. Yeah, I get very wily coyote. Yeah, I, you I, know. my, you I, remember the traveler game when the guys were talking to the welders and there was one welder, oh, 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 oh. the other guy was translating for him because he mm -hmm. had the helmet on when he was talking. Yeah. It's just, I just can't keep it straight. No, I, I, my personal favorite when an NPC or a player misses, especially in a, like a high fantasy setting where they're, they're wielding some sort of sword or big axe or something like that. My personal favorite is you miss <coughs> and you embed your weapon in the wall. Or in the floor, or whatever. And in one particular instance, it actually worked out in my player's favor because on the next, very next action, they made a strength check to pull the axe up out of the floor. Critical succeeded and cleaved the opponent in twain from groin to shoulder on while pulling the ga the axe back up out of the ground. So they thought they were like, oh, crap, I just... And then wound up doing this great thing. I always default, after. especially with a critical fail, is having the player tell me how they failed. That helps. And sometimes it's funny, but more often than not, <laughs> they pick out something much worse than I would have chosen. Yeah. For me, it depends on the situation um, and what they were trying to do. Because sometimes I'm just like, no, the obvious crit fail here is that you trip or whatever right? yeah. and it's the easy thing yeah. and then sometimes um sometimes they start going oh shit this is going to happen and i'm like yes yes that's exactly yeah. what happens thank you so much yeah exactly uh, i'm really bad at giving her ideas on critical failures thank i you, I, honey. I wish that i could 
unfortunately, I have one player in my 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 games right now that I don't trust to come up with something appropriate to the failure. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you're saying asking them to to fail, yeah, and they would yeah. they would say, oh, I would totally I, ask. That I stub my toe and move on. I would totally ask that of every hmm. other one of my players. They might surprise one. you. Yeah. Well, my problem is that this player would. Um, I I and maybe it's just my estimation of the yeah, person. Yeah. Is that this player would, um. In situations where it doesn't matter, come up with something absolutely <clears throat> off the wall, bonkers, wily e. coyote kind of failure, where it it doesn't matter. But in situations where it might have serious repercussions, would come up with something much more minor. I think I, and maybe that's just my estimation of yeah. the person, and maybe I should give this person the benefit of the doubt. While we're talking about yes, anyway, we can carry on with the email, but I think that's that's something you should uh, try it. Now my advice. I spent many years in radio locally, as well as doing voiceover work, so many times I would have to adopt an accent or funny voice. I found that a good trainer for doing this actually came from reading to my daughters before bed, giving each character a different vocal personality and maintaining it through multiple reads. I have found that practice has increased my sight reading for copy and in my game helped bring my daughter into a more familiar and immersive universe. For those that don't have kids, you can go to your local resale shop and pick up a stack of these things for pennies on the dollar. Pick up kids for pennies on the dollar? I think he means books to read. Children's books. Children's books to read. Yeah, children's books to read. I'm really hoping. Or just have two daughters. Or just have Have kids and you'll do great accents. Oh, well, okay. See, you had two kids and you got one of each. What? I have one good accent? <laughs> you didn't have two daughters. No, no, point. I didn't. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, also, just a recommended thing out in the world is if you don't have kids to read to, you can read to your pets because they get your attention or whatever. I mean, it's more used to like help kids gain reading confidence, but if you have a dog, I don't think your dog's going to care how bad your accent is. Your dog your will absolutely love you. Yeah, non-judgmental accent, and the dog gets attention anyway. I, I, I actually default to, uh, to Jim Dale, who reads the Harry Potter books. Yeah. He does everything from women to accents to little kids to old men, and his voice never didn't change that much. He just does a little he does tiny a nice, bit of inflection, just, just enough, little, yeah. just enough, yeah. and and it's and you're still completely have to be much. It doesn't have it to be really doesn't. Just listen to the way he does it, and you'd be yeah, I, no, but no, we're not all Jim Dale. In fact, he won an award I think for oh, yeah. doing the most amount of voices a in a, in a one of the books I hear one of the yeah. Harry Potter books, and he's remarkable at it, but. He gives you a great idea on how to do. He doesn't. He doesn't get all feminine when it comes to girls. He maybe he doesn't get all squeaky. Just, just like you said, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. My, my, and it's enough to keep you, take you. But he doesn't. The key is he doesn't change it when he goes back to Harmony, or when he goes back to Professor McGonagall. It's the same accent. Yeah. Well, the 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 other extreme on that spectrum is to listen how Carl Castle does different celebrity impressions. He doesn't. On he doesn't anymore because he's off the show now on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. But his his impersonations were basically... They weren't all the same, but he didn't bother trying to be 100% accurate. I've always thought the funny thing was he just did the announcer voice all the way through. That's more what Bill Curtis does now. But, but Carl Castle would do tiny little changes, and it was hilarious because... 
it was so off the mark. <laughs> and it was, there was no point. There was no point into to being that mark, mark off the mark. Anyway, thank you all again for your wonderful podcast. It has really returned my passion for the hobby. Roll on, Matt from Chesterton, Cheese Town. I'm guessing that's his moniker on the forums. P.S. If the boggards and or the wives were ever to come out to the fair in Bristol, I would make the trip just to lift a tankard or two with you. I think the wives did Bristol last year. The wives did Bristol last year, and they're going to do one weekend this year. That's right. I just year. texted Heather to find out when they're doing it. She so told me over be, the phone, but I don't remember the date. So that, that will be announced again later in the show, in the, As soon as she gets back to me, I'll, I'll, I'll give you Or the go to the Bristol website, and they will probably advertise it. They probably will. Yeah. Yeah. They probably but will, yeah. As soon as I hear back, I'll mention it. But yeah, they are, they are going to be out there. I, unfortunately, Trix is not going to be doing Bristol anytime soon. We just do not have that kind of wherewithal. But... Um, it takes all money to get out there from here. It takes quite a bit of money to We're all big to groups. Get, well, you know, we we only have seven in our group comparatively. Yeah, but you have compared to take time to, off work. Yeah. You have to well, um, for those who are employed, you have to take time off work. Yeah, the advantage is two of our members are are um, uh, retired. You've got another one coming up on retirement soon too. No, that's um, oh, okay. He, he's retiring at the end of this month. I'm counting him. Okay. Um, and then uh, one is. Ah, uh, retirement. One, one is self-employed, and the other one is come on. Here we go. Sporadically employed. What's wrong? So <clears throat> I'm getting little dots, which means she's typing. Ah, so I'm, I'm going to ah. know. I'm going to know that date here in a second. Well, All right. One of them is so recently she's got a job on offer that might make her miss our wedding. So yeah, I'm aware of that. Yeah, I'm too and now. It's well, only now. I've known about it for six months. No, she told me at the show. Oh, okay. that's when I found out. Still known for six months. All right, yeah. thanks, man. No Thank you very much, Matt. You from Matt, Matt, you from Chesterman. Um, but oh, you want me to read it? Okay, Gimmex, an email from another Matt. <laughs> hey, Jackers! This past weekend, I attended the Gimmex. I need to interrupt your stork. Yes, this just in. August fifteenth and sixteenth at Bristol Fair. The wives will be there. So there you go, Matt. Not the other Matt, but Matt. Uh, yeah, August fifteenth and sixteenth. And when you go out to Bristol to see the wives, they have a new album this year. Yes. Drinker's Anthem? Drinker's Anthem, yeah. yes. So, <laughs> and, and when you go out there and see the wives, make sure you buy the Boggards a beer. The bo- <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Hey, Jackers. This past weekend, I attended the GameX convention in L.A., my first ever tabletop gaming con where I had the distinct pleasure of playing in two games run by your own Tim. On He's Sunday morning, my friend and I hadn't signed up for a game, particularly because... Many were already full up and partially because the rest requested players who were already experienced in the system. One of the latter was Tim's Swords and Wizardry white box game. But I decided that since he had only one person signed up, (coughs) so far I'd take the chance and see if he was okay with letting two newbies join. Turns out my concern was unnecessary for two reasons. One, going from D&D 5e to white box doesn't have much of a learning curve at all. And B, Tim hadn't even intended for the experience level to be listed as experienced. He suspected that this was true for most of the other games. Yeah, it sounds like a glitch. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds it, like somebody I don't even pay attention fault. to that experience. But I'm, I'm never qualified the games that way. But oh, no. What kind of experience? Let me just say that Swords <laughs> and Wizardry White Box felt like a revelation. Everything was so simple and elegant that the rules just disappeared and got out of the way for the role-playing. Tim's talents as a GM were top-notch. If I wanted to do something for which there wasn't necessarily a mechanic, Tim would say something along the lines of, I'm going to let you try it because that's cool. That, in combination with the game, allowed for an additional level of reality to set in. 
One was the note end, or one. I'm going to burp in just one second. On the one end, I know, was the reality. Go ahead and burp. See, now it went away. <laughs> On the one end was the reality of the convention where everything was actually taking place. On the other was the reality of the game where we were fighting orcs and an evil wizard. And in between, I can imagine sitting in a wood panel basement on an old couch <clears throat> with a god-awful floral print upholstery yeah. while Led Zeppelin played softly in the background. Dun, like Led Zeppelin played dun, softly. can't play Led Zeppelin softly. My friend and I... Then it'll just come through the walls softly. <clears throat> My friend and I had signed up for a Dungeon World game during the next slot, but were considering trying to see if there were any spots left in a Shadowrun game going on at the same time. However, we decided that we enjoyed Tim's Savage, uh, Swords of Wizardry, I almost said Savage World, Swords of Wizardry game so much, we'd give his White Star game a shot as well. <laughs> Boy, am I glad I did. I mean, sure Tim didn't write this. I wonder if you did. Mm, boy, am I glad I did, because I am now officially in love with that game. I must give a special shout-out to Barrel Rider Games for offering a free PDF copy to anyone who played in Tim's game at that con. I'm beginning to wonder. Hmm. I'm calling shenanigans. <laughs> I feel apologies to Tim might be in order. Yep, it's Tim. <laughs> I feel in order that apologies to Tim might be in order due to how quickly our party took down the Jed Ur Star Knight. We, we were sent to a straight hunt down during the end fight. I had to switch from my sword to my laser rifle since the latter weapon deals more damage instead of just dropping the sword. However, I felt it might score an extra hit by chucking the thing at the Star Knight. Being a GM who encourages creative role-playing, Tim said, That sounds awesome! Go for it! He may have come to regret that as soon as I rolled a natural 20. The damage I dealt wasn't enough to completely kill the Star Knight, but my fellow mercenary did the very next turn. Speaking of my fellow mercenary, he was played by Dustin Dinpenning, or Depenning, uh, the creator of a new game called Synthesize, which the White Star game wrapped up. After, after the, the White Star game wrapped up. My friend and I asked if there was supposed to be a whole loop. There's a period sentence, there. Yes, but it was a sentence change. Anyway, after the White Star game wrapped up, my friend and I asked Dustin if he would run a Synthesize game for us, and since we had plenty of time until the next session, he was very enthusiastic to do so. The game itself was quite good and takes place in a gritty, noirish, cyberpunk setting where people travel from planet to planet, taking shady jobs to make ends meet. The combat is a little more tactical than I usually prefer, but it's definitely on the light side of tactical. The rest of the system is very simple and good for open-minded role-playing. The artwork on the website and in the simple adventure is fantastic. I highly recommend it to people. Go to SynthesideRPG.com. That's all one word. I don't think the two is in it. SynthesideRPG.com to check it out. Tim, thanks again for running two excellent games. <coughs> and if you're at the next Strategic Con event, I will be sure to sign up for your anything, UGM, for anything UGM. That's it. Excellent. Praise of Tim. And if I, Tim I, I have not met Tim. Oh, you haven't? He's, no. he's been on the show. He's yeah, you cool. were on the last one that yeah, he was on. Yeah, that one that you missed because I missed you're not as cool I was, as me. I I missed because I was in the Dick. recording studio mixing Dick. the album mm. that we You're, finally you have such got. bad breath. Such bad breath. Well, <laughs> a dog. No, I mean, not hers is worse. She's the worst bad breath of any dog I've ever owned. I think he's talking to me. <laughs> go outside. That's not go, your breath. That's go, your feet. Go eat some more poop. At least I hope it's your. Damn horror story from JD. Ever, who would like to read the genie? I think oh. it's my turn. Um, this is really long, so I'll probably so, like. Tag somebody else in. We can do that. Through. We can do that. It looks long because I'm using it. I'm using Courier now, so it makes everything stretch out, but it's easier yeah, to read. I fun. learned that in college. <laughs> 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 I 
We all did. Back I when it. I was college, that's all I had because I, I had to type everything. <laughs> I learned it with a typewriter. At least typewriters existed then. It was a selector. They still exist. Is IBM you can, buy, you can yeah. go on Amazon right now and buy one for probably I, like I, forty I've bucks. Been, I've encouraged one of my coworkers to go out and get a, an IBM Selectric because his handwriting looks like a serial killer, <laughs> and <laughs> it's the blood spots that really throw you off. <laughs> Yeah, I hate it when that happens. Well, yeah, he, he takes magazines, he cuts out all the little letters. Yeah, and, and then there's blood spots everywhere, Wait, I swear. I think I met him. Yeah, you did. <laughs> well, it's not just his writing, it's also his personality. Then. There is the aspect of his personality, but he has a lovely wife. Oh, yes, dear. Yes, he does. And <laughs> if you keep him in enough cotton candy, he'll be a nice person. Are you sure he's not a serial killer? That's no. What's oh, 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 oh. that for a top of oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Hi, Happy Jackers. This is JD from Tampa. You guys read my email a couple of weeks ago about our D&D 5e campaign with rotating DMs, and you compared our gaming group to swingers swapping sex partners. I remember that. Keeping it classy, as always, on Happy Jack. I, I blame myself, yeah. Classy with a capital K. Yeah. Anyway, I have a DM horror story. Yes, we asked for it. Yes, we did. I remember this. I'm like, he, oh, yeah. yeah. He alluded to it. He and, did. And you asked. I'm literally I'm, asking No, I'm for looking it. forward to this. This is great. Me and my friend, whom we will call Ben, because that is his name. <laughs> <laughs> How original! How are subtle! fairly new to tabletop RPGs. We decided to attend our first con together. Oh best first date ever. <laughs> 2015 MegaCon in Orlando, Florida. The plan was simple. 48 hours straight of nothing but gaming. With short breaks for food, alcohol, and some sleep. Wait, wait, wait. You, um, you, you take breaks for alcohol? Well, he left off bathing so maybe they're bathing in alcohol to remove the body order odor or maybe that's the horror story once we get or into you can it. absorb it into your skin the Ooh. alcohol or the body order odor yes well it, the, maybe the, the body odor would get washed away but maybe would also absorb alcohol i think you guys skin. are really thinking about this way too much <laughs> or not enough is that like a vodka enema okay because that will that absorb i stork seen that, that anime uh, if you no. don't want, I know this. If you don't want to have heroin tracks, a lot of famous stars take heroin enemas. So I can only assume that if heroin's absorbed, I alcohol have, should be too. I have heard of people um, soaking their tampons in vodka. We arrived Friday for the first <laughs> scheduled four-hour conning con gaming session, and were immediately disappointed. Uh oh! There were about twenty tables, and about seventeen of them were solely dedicated to. Pathfinder. Pathfinder! Which is, Sorry. okay, it's not a horrible system, I enjoy it. Can you make a sample of that, because that was the best sort of nerd ragey thing. Pathfinder! Genius! We decided to when you listen to this, sample it. And All see right. what other games we could get into on the remaining tables. Well, instead of having a bulletin board with a sheet showing the empty seats for each game, they told us to write our names on a blank sheet and write what games you would like to play. I asked what games they have open spots, so I know what I can sign up for. They replied, just write down what types of RPGs you like to play, and we will figure it out. It's like gaming on demand. It is. It does, But if you're a complete noob and you don't know the systems, I can see where yeah. there's a problem. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. I'm going to figure it out. I thought that was ass backwards and was even more annoyed. But what the hell? They probably know what they're doing. So me and Ben signed up and wrote that we wanted to play Call of Cthulhu, D&D, or any other system besides Pathfinder. After a frustrating 30 minutes of them trying to figure out whom was playing at which tables, they finally got us to a table that was running D&D 5e. It ended up being just me and Ben and the DM at the table. We met the DM, a lady around 40 years old. 
she explained to us that she is a professional DM that's, and was being... That's in quotes, mind you. A professional. professional like, DM. she got paid for it or something? And she was being paid to run D&D uh, 5E. That's so. it. Was so, I su- uh, is she being paid by, by WotC? To go out and run at conventions, like uh, that, like that dude from Steve Jackson Games that comes out and run, right? runs groups. There's some people who are paid, or they get perks, but perks don't pay the rent. So maybe, I, I, I it is a, a professional someone that gets paid to do the job, no matter who's yeah. paying it, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, three out of four of us in this room are professional musicians because we get paid to play. But you're not a slut if you if you don't get paid for it. No, you're not a whore if you don't not, get yeah, paid it, for it. Right? Yeah, you're just a slut, if, right? So yeah, you're not a whore if you get paid. Or if sorry. you don't get paid. Yeah, I, I was just trying to draw another analogy to people that get paid to do stuff. Right. So if it's free, you're not a whore. But I'm, I just want to know who pays her. Is it the con? That's I don't know. It can't I, be the con. I, I, well, well, maybe if we read on, we'll find okay, out more. Right, go ahead. Maybe I'm she sorry. says we'll find out. Uh, was I supposed to be impressed? Well, I wasn't. She had. A lame Wizards of the Coast D&D vest on, like a DM uniform. Must be Watsy. Oh, that sounds amazing, actually. Um, I, lo- I don't know. I Happy Jack's vests. I've Just offered to them. make merit badges for you. I have offered to make merit badges <laughs> right. for you. Sashes. Well, yes. sashes with merit badges. I have offered. Uh, let's see. Uh, We're going to get beat oh, up at our own con. Where's the sign? It'll be Nerds. amazing. Uh, I asked her if she was running an original game or a pre-gen game. She said it was a pre-gen campaign used for D&D Adventurers League. At that point, I considered leaving because I have had bad experience with pre-gen games, but me and Ben decided to give her a chance. She was a paid professional after all, right? Then, as we are getting ready to start, she tells us how much she would rather be shopping on the con floor than running a game. Bad sign. (laughs) I mean, I've told players that we had to end the game on time so I could go buy something. Sure, that's different. But I wanted to run the game first. Uh, we were kind of surprised at this comment. Then she then she said it again. At this point, we took the hint and told her we could try to skis into another game, and she quickly said, okay. She told us the other table was running the same pre-gen and we could squeeze in there. Wow! I told her I don't really like pre-gens, and she said this was a great one and we would love it. So we decided to give it a try and got moved to the other table. Okay, so wait a second. She actually gets paid to not run games. Right. Yeah. Apparently. But to shop. I'm a professional yeah. okay, GM. I want that job now. But I really don't want to be DMing you. <laughs> and no. you get a Watsy vest. So. Now, I, I, just to offer the slightest benefit of the slightest doubt, did she? would she prefer to be shopping on the con floor because she only had two players? It could be. It certainly could And it be. might have also been she wasn't supposed to run a game in that thought that was her free time to go shopping, and they roped her into it because there were people who wanted to play. That could be. Who wanted so, to play Call of Cthulhu. Right. Yeah. However, she is the villain of this story, so I'm sure it'll get better. No, I don't she's think not. she is. She is I think she's... <laughs> Read on. I oh. think there's another villain. Oh, yeah. She's oh. not the big bad. Oh, she was just one of the level Min- mid boss. One of the minions. See, we're already assuming way too much. See, it, let's just keep reading okay. and, and well, it will all be explained. But go so ahead. So have I. Okay. The new DM, who was also wearing one of those extremely stylish D&D vests, explained he shit. was running the same pre-gen <laughs> Adventurers League game. There were about five other players. Then it began. The worst session of D&D I have ever been part of. The DM had no materials with him, no books, no notes, nothing except a tablet. Okay, I thought, maybe he's really high-tech and has everything he needs electronically. First, he asked for our character sheets. I said, what do you mean? Isn't this a con session? I thought you would have pre-generated characters for us. 
He explains that he did not have any with him. Well, Character I sheets are holding you back, man. They are. They're holding you back. <laughs> well, I told him I had a third level character with me from my home campaign. The pre-gen game he was running was designed for third and fourth level characters. He asked if it was an officially approved Adventurer's League character. I said no, but I followed all the rules in the PHB creating the character. He said it can't be trusted because he didn't see me create it. He suggested I create a new level one character in front of him to use in a three to four level game. Wow. Asswipe. I was a sweep at, yes. Yes. I was pissed at this point. Then another player said he had some official D&D pre-gen characters, so I just grabbed one of those and bit my tongue. Ow. Next, the DM takes out his tablet and starts reading the pre-gen word for word right from the tablet. I hope he only read the box text and not the other bits, too. At this point, the party um, may be falling asleep. <laughs> you should kick the table. <laughs> the print must have been small on the screen, plus it was a small tablet, so he had to hold it up right to his face. <laughs> he just proceeded to read for minutes at a time right through the adventure, telling us what we were doing instead of allowing us to be the adventure and make decisions. Oh, dear. <laughs> For example, you all met at a bar and are hired for a mission. You accepted the terms for the mission and go meet the Duke of the town. The Duke tells you where the entrance of the cave is and you agree to leave immediately. And on. And on. And on. That's awesome. At one point, I tried to interrupt and talk to an NPC that he was reading the lines for. The DM stopped. Gave me a look. Ignored what I said, and then kept reading. Don't correct me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the way you run d and Absolutely it is. Yes. Do not let the players interact. They're just going to ruin your story. And that's how you run D&D. After about Mic drop. 30 minutes listening to him read do and that. tell us what we were doing, we somehow ended up in combat. I'm not sure how. I zoned out. <laughs> combat was a mess. He didn't have any paper to write anything on. I kept forgetting whose turn it was and what monster was what. The worst part of it all was that I could tell the other players would have been great players in a different game, but the DM kept squashing any ideas or comments they said. After a torturous hour, me and my friend Ben asked for a quick break and walked away to talk it over. This is my favorite part. We decided <laughs> we had to leave. We couldn't take it. But how? Ben suggested we fake an illness and leave. But both of us being sick at the same time seemed very unlikely. We thought about faking a call from our family members or something. Then we said, what are we doing? Let's just tell them we aren't having any fun and leave. A big boy discussion. <laughs> nice. I, I asked Ben I, not I, I to be... I congratulate them on deciding to take the high road. Yeah, yep, and on I deciding do. to be honest. Wait. Yep. Well... <laughs> No, no, because we've had many horror stories which were basically somebody couldn't man up and say the game sucked, they were leaving. Sure. So, I mean, they followed the advice from the podcast. Yes. I asked Ben not to be too hard on the DM since Ben is known for speaking his mind. <laughs> I known. said it's not worth pissing anyone off. Let's just tell them we don't like that type of game. So we went back to the table and told everyone we were leaving. We said it, w it just wasn't our style of game. Ben, on the other hand, said... Sorry we are leaving. It's not that we don't like D&D &D 5e, and it's not that we don't like the other players. It's... Then he looked at the DM and didn't say anything. <laughs> I was expecting him to be nice and say, it's not that we don't like the DM, and so... And so was everyone else, but he didn't finish the sentence and just walked away. <laughs> it's not you. 
It's me. <laughs> Silently and definitely implying to everyone that the DM was the reason we were leaving. The DM's face was shocked, and it looked like he died a little inside. We left, and it felt great. Yes! <laughs> the, the, only part, the only problem that I have with this is the, the idea that it felt great to, 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 to walk away from the game, and uh, with the clear implication that they enjoyed insulting the DM as they left. That's the only problem I have with this entire story. But after an hour of listening to block text and not being allowed to say anything, the man's railroading them. Oh, I'm aware. Not of that. just. He's I mean, not I, I, railroading I, I, them yeah. because you could at least go off the rails. I mean, this is he put them in like a missile tube. And Sit fired. down and listen. I'm gonna read. I'm That's gonna, what he did. I'm gonna yeah. tell you your game now. Right. <laughs> Railroad at least implies that they can speak to an NPC. I'm DMing. Shh. <laughs> Tickets, please. <laughs> the rest of the con was a lot of fun. Ben decided to run a few games himself since we didn't like the selection they had Monthly Pathfinder and D&D Adventurer League. Ben ran a game we had never played before called Inspectors. You go, Ben. I love running I've games. I've heard S-P-E-C-T-R-E-S, of S-P-E-C-T-R-E-S, right? He wrote it wrong, right? Yes. Um, okay. I've heard know. of Inspectors. I've heard good things about it. But I approve of anybody who runs a game they've never played before. Let's hear it all. And you only run them once. <laughs> no, I've run no, Grim several true. times. Have I've you? run Hero a couple times. Okay. I haven't gone back to uh, the tragic superhero thing yet, but I need a better plot. And uh, she took uh, Princess the Hopeful from con to campaign. So Nice. Oh, by the yes. way, I found Made the role-playing game. Oh, did you? You are a maid, having worked dutifully in the oh, Scion G family for several years. You're also a shy albino princess who does odd jobs for the Yakuza and train with th- three section staff. Your peer, Maya, is an outgoing young maid with freckles, a streak of being greedy for sweets, and also happens to be a military cyborg. <laughs> I Mary, think you might like Mary, this game. You, 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 you. It, it sounds like three animes all birthed together and, and became You're, something You mean else. like Robotech? Your master is a kind teenager who lives in a mansion alone. But it is a bit, but it but is a bit of a train otaku. I don't uh, know what that means. I do it nerd, okay. nerd like right. epic nerd. <laughs> okay, he's also cur- a cursed werewolf with he's amnesia. <laughs> oh, so yeah, it's like Howl's Moving Castle. Okay, no, no, it's no. like Howl's Moving Castle threw up on okay. Sailor Moon, which threw up on every harem anime ever. Which is it just it sounds like a thing of beauty. Very easy to learn rules light system, complete with random uh, events which drive the story forward. You will have uh, will have you playing the game with friends only 15 minutes after opening the book. Maze is also the first ever Japanese role-playing game that has been translated and released in English. Oh, so it was written in Japanese. So you know it's creepy. <laughs> no, it's epic. Well, I, the vast did, majority... It did not mention tentacles in the description, therefore it's not automatically creepy, but it could be completely The epic. vast majority of the really creepy Japanese stuff is actually specifically designed for American audiences. I, I call no, shenanigans. Not true. Um, so not true. They have an amazing just tradition of horror and creepy ghost stories that had nothing to do with we're, America. We're referring to creepy in different... You're talking about tentacle porn. Yeah, right. pretty much. No, that. That's <clears throat> so they don't. They, they, you don't. They don't. They don't consume tentacle porn in Japan. I'm not saying they don't. I'm saying um, the like propensity the, the of Germans it is don't for consume porn. No, no, they. 
I'm sorry, there are scrolls that date to before they had contact with America with octopi, and I'm not going to say anything else. No. Fair enough. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. You're shitting me. I no am kidding. Prior no, that's to, not. If she was shitting you, that would be from Germany. That this was actually. Germany. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> what is it with the Axis? Yeah. I, maybe there's it, a reason it, they were the, friends. We have, we, have a, we have a mutual friend who uh, is, has a very firm belief that the more repressed the culture, the more fucked up the porn. Okay, that makes sense because I'm, I'm thinking of the other Axis power, Italy. They don't have screwed up porn. Yeah, but but not a repressed culture. But, but yeah, they may have invented fascism, but Italians aren't fascists. No. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, uh Inspectors. I highly recommend it. It is a lighthearted Ghostbuster type of game, heavy on role playing and light on mechanics, where you are formed into a group to hunt various spooky creatures. We also got into a Dresden file RPG, which uses fate system. The Dresden Files DM was great, and the game introduced me not only to the Fate system, but also to the Dresden Files, which I am now reading and enjoying. Oh, awesome books. Lovely. Which means you didn't listen to enough of the podcasts, because they talk about it all the time. Yes. Yeah. Mary, you need to run a Dresden Files game. Mary needs to get caught up on the series. I'm still a book behind. Stork needs to find out when the next one comes out. Uh, it got put off. Did it? He's writing something else. It, they yeah. had a release That's date, now it doesn't have a release date. Oh, yeah. He's got a fantasy... It might be medieval fantasy? I it's not Dresden, I know that. Well, I like his but other books a lot. But it's also not the uh, um, Alexa Code or whatever No, it is. no. It's, uh, it's something else. Codex... Al yeah, it's not that. I like those a lot. I, I, I heard a great interview with, with Jim Butcher that I will go into later. But okay, because I've got like... Yeah. No, 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is it about being a, a an outliner? No, it has okay. to do with the Dresden Files RPG. Oh, Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyways, when it was all said and done, we had a great time at the con, and I can't wait to attend future cons despite my DM horror story. JD, Tampa, Florida. Yeah, if you jump in with random DMs, you will get horror stories. I had a few things I was thinking about writing in with after the last one. I mean, one guy I've read a game, it was like, on a scale of 1 to 10, one of the games I was in, it was a 3, but it was the best damn 3 that man could run. Like, he gave it his everything. He was trying so hard. Even he was completely confused by the fact that we willingly committed suicide to make the game end. <laughs> it was know, for my, America! My, my... I, I don't have any actual horror story, like, d gaming horror stories. The closest I have are, unfortunately, from the con, from, from, from Strategic Con, and it's, <clears throat> I, the only one, the only one of the men in black who has run a GURPS game that has been worth its salt at all is Mook. And he runs an amazing game. But the other men in black, I, I have not enjoyed the games. Really, they're, they're. I've enjoyed some they of them. don't run very compelling games. My le I have a horror story from one of those, but it wasn't the DM, or rather it was because the DM's wife was in the game, and she was way worse than him. That is See, a contributing factor. Sometimes it, it, it can be... It, I, I don't know, I, I wasn't at the games, but a lot of times the dynamic at the table can really kill a GM's enthusiasm. If you, we, get the, if you get the I, wrong mix of I, I felt that there was a really good <coughs> character dynamic in between the players. Uh-huh. And he... Oh. I, I don't sign up for his games anymore. That one particular DM. I I, I, I don't sign up for his games. I, I know his name and I don't sign up for him anymore because I just... I know her name. I don't sign up for games she's in anymore. Well, if he's I running games and she's not that. in it. I can't see that. Like, oh, until the con. day of. 
I wouldn't sign up for his games in the first round anyway, because I want to get into all the Happy Jack stuff. Right. So Which just is really hard. Yeah, it is. Really is she do. getting to you? What? The hair? No, 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 no. Okay. She has little <clears throat> tough. I just fluffies. did that. <laughs> he can only he can give yeah. her a mohawk. <laughs> There. The My players that can't, the can't, at home can't see your lion dog, and I, I love the fact that you're trying to shave her a little bits at a time. She really looks like she has mange. <laughs> what? I mentioned that so when I got first got here. I'm not gonna love you, puppy. And now, and like even her tail is only you. half shaved. It's just, it's sort of, it's just. It's, she, she feels so proud, and she looks so ridiculous. Unfortunately, there's her like butt a, right there. Unfortunately, like uh, Mary does not like dogs. Oh, you don't? Mary doesn't like dogs. Mary doesn't like furry animals. Mary thinks cats are awesome, but she's allergic to them. Right, so it doesn't like furry animals. So it's not fair to pet dogs when I can't pet the ones I like. But but I love dogs. So, so we have one more email. You want me to tackle it? Uh, um, I'll, I'll do it. it. I or I can. It's back to me. Right? And Whoever. it's short. <laughs> Taryn on Scotch. Oh, hi, Taryn. <clears throat> I'm glad you don't live in Big Bear anymore. Oh, is he local? Um, yeah, he's actually my sister's former roommate. Unless oh, really? it's a different Terran. Oh. Could be. Uh, in a more recent episode, you started discussing Scotch whiskey. I'm going to throw my favorite at you. Please don't hand it to us instead. <laughs> it's called Lagavulin. Lagavulin. I've heard of it. Lagavulin. Oh, I like that one. Lagavulin, like a javelin. Lagavulin. Lagavulin. I think it's Lagavulin. I like Lagavulin. I think it's Lagavulin with the emphasis on the third syllable. Been a fan for years. It's nice and peaty and smoky. Which is all the reasons why I won't drink it. I would love it. I'm sure you would. Another option I've discovered isn't for the seasoned scotch drinker, but it's for someone looking to try try it for the first time. Get a somewhat cheap bottle of Macallan. 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 I think it's their 12-year. Pour ice into a glass, pour scotch into the glass, let it sit for five minutes, and ha- have the interested party taste. If they don't like it, they will never like scotch. I don't like scotch. Or, if they tolerate it, then give them the next glass neat. If they still enjoy it, move them to a blended scotch first, then slowly switch them to single malts. This worked a few times for some friends of mine to get them... To learn to enjoy scotch, have fun, Taryn. Now the question I, is, what rate is this done at? Because <coughs> if you give them several glasses of scotch, they really won't care by the last one. Well, well, exactly. There is that. I mean, if I, this is over the course of a week or I'm, two, that's different. I know the difference between good scotch and bad scotch. I can tell the difference that, yeah. but yeah. I just don't like scotch. Now, there is an exception to every rule, and you, at a party a while ago, I can't remember when mm-hmm. it was, you brought out, I think it was an Islay? Yeah. Spayburn, probably. Spayburn? It's very inexpensive. It was really good. Yeah. And it was so not what I expected from Scotch. Yeah. I, I enjoy Irish. I enjoy Irish whiskey. Well, it's a very clean flavor. It doesn't. Ha- it's not smoky at all. Or, yeah. yeah. I apparently enjoy really expensive whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how you know it's good. It's yeah, the price right, tag. Exactly. Um, uh, Callahan's Irish whiskey... <coughs> Tastes like a Scottish Irish whiskey, a Scotch Irish whiskey. It got it. Doesn't taste like a Scotch Irishman because that would just be no, no, no. It, it's it's peaty like a Scotch, which peaty. Irish usually doesn't have. But it's, it's peaty like a Scotsman, right? Exactly. But oh, it's on it. But it, it's uh, it's peaty like a Scotch, but it's an Irish whiskey. It's it it's weird. I, I'm not a huge fan. Mary seems to like it. 
but um, like I said, I like the expensive ones. <laughs> it's not actually all that expensive. I also like it when you let it steep for six weeks with cocoa beans and marshmallows in it. <laughs> well, it's already kind of smoky. Is this a, it's like Count Chocula? What is this you're eating? No, no, no. Mary, Mary got Mary doesn't drink. First of all, let, let let's let's make this clear. I, I really don't. Mary does not drink, but about a year or two ago, she got into infusions. And I pulled a name in a secret gift exchange. They put down the lake chocolate and whiskey. So I said, "Screw it! I'll combine the two, because that's always fun to do to screw with people's heads." Right. And I, she asked me for advice, and I, I'm like, "Well, whiskey can be a way to go, but I wouldn't use scotch." And she had already bought scotch because I didn't know what I was doing. I bought the cheapest thing on the shelf that looked whiskey related. Right. And it was. It happened to be scotch. And I'm They're like, doing well, scotch the, in movies. They seem to like it. It right, should work the, out. The problem. I said the problem with scotch is that. It always tastes like you're chewing on a campfire. And she said, perfect, I'll make s'more infusion scotch. Because I'd already put the chocolate in. All right. So, so then I, she added a little bit of graham and a little bit of marshmallow. Uh, marshmallow. Oh, no, it was some brown sugar to sweeten it up. Oh, brown sugar for, the, for the gram. For the yeah. gram cracker taste is added brown sugar. Right. And then, yeah, it was like, and okay, that works. <laughs> both people I gave it to tried to drink it straight instead of mixing it with anything. So both of mm-hmm. them were like, it's too strong. And I'm like... You do it that way. No. Well, that's you. You drink scotch neat or straight. I mean, you if, can at least throw it over ice, though. <coughs> yeah, if you want to drink it on the rocks, that would work too. But when I drink scotch, I drink scotch. When I drink ice, I drink scotch. I had I have three friends who are gamers who who used to, back back in college who had uh, three opinions on on whiskey, and the, their opinions were uh, the the first of them said I like my whiskey. Like, I like my women. 12 years old and mix up with Coke. We have Happy Chicks Everybody podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like what Kurt said. No, no, no. I'm will be quoting another person. All, I, no, no, no. Uh, emails I, banning him. Seriously. <laughs> I don't agree with this at all. But Please it was send all email to Kurt at... at uh, t- uh, What's your email address? I'll, for, I'll forward a Happy Jacks email address to you. Right, It'll yes. be Kurt with a K at happyjacks.org. Right, yes, thank you. Um... Totally disagree with this, and so the second person would speak up immediately, so as to just move past that as po- as fast as possible. And his idea was, my I like my scotch, I like my whiskey, like I like my women. Twenty one years old and straight. Okay, all right, okay. all right, sure. Can't, and it, uh, can't, it is legal. I can't really argue with it, except for all over fifty, so it's creepy. But okay, You're well, you are. But he wasn't <laughs> I'm at not the time. Over fifty. I'm not he, even forty nine yet. He he was he was twenty four at the time, so it worked. All right. And the third one said, who was about like twenty two at the time, he said, "I like my whiskey like I like my women. Forty years old and stronger than I am." Yeah, that's why we're all in trouble. <laughs> Which one was Chet? Neither, none of them. That was Emord and uh, Steve and um, Steve and uh, uh, Sergio. Okay, that explains a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to ask which one's which. I have to respect all of them. <laughs> no, you don't. I Play have to be Concords? polite to all no, of them at the wedding. No, none of them are invited to the wedding. <laughs> oh, cool. Which one said it? Uh, Steve was the 40-year-old in Stronger right, You guys are going to have to take this off the air. You guys can bicker <laughs> and argue about who's going to your wedding later. This really is not that important to gaming. Steve, Steve plays the best Malkavian ever. I will just say that. <laughs> what? Uh, Steve plays... Malkavians are crazy vampires. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Steve plays the best Malkavian ever. 
He but really does. Gaming was really important to our wedding. We talked nerdy to each other when we met. <laughs> it, we, we bonded over gaming. Yeah. We really did. Uh, plug your CD. So, uh, yeah, Sportive Tricks just released our newest CD, Tricks Up Our Sleeves. Uh, it is available online at sportivetricks.com, also available in digital format on cdbaby.com and on uh, iTunes Store and Amazon Store, although we personally prefer that you buy it from CD Baby. Um, and or at a live show. Or at a live show. Uh, uh, Tricks Up Our Sleeves is available wherever tricks are found. Uh, we have a show this silly year. curd. We are playing at the Big Irish Fair this weekend, uh, tomorrow and Sunday in Long Beach at uh, El Dorado Park, and then we are playing at the Red Leprechaun on August twenty. For those of us that live in the general area, El Dorado Park is huge. It's enormous. Which yeah. part of El Dorado Park are you playing in? The, the one with the amphitheater. Park we are section? playing. Uh, you. You come in. It's like it's the, like two parts of street. It's off. No, of? there's. It, it, you you come in off of the um the Spring Street Spring entrance. okay it's off Spring Street Spring right. Street entrance okay. yes um go. which is where the archery range is but <clears throat> you don't go to the archery range um, unless you want to like shoot some arrows well yeah but not to get to the Big Irish Fair but um, you could do that before you, you go to the fair you, you could absolutely shoot some could. or after. there's or unless, unless you're drunk unless there's even better unless there's a tournament going on like there was last week ah okay so, all right uh, and then yeah the red leprechaun which is at 4000 anaheim street in long beach uh which is at the corner of um anaheim street and termino now i'm confused is there an archery range at the red leprechaun no okay uh they have really good food they have good beer uh, cider and uh, occasionally mead, they and wine. They don't have a hard liquor license, so don't expect to get whiskey there or scotch. Or sc- well, scotch is whiskey. So, um, do they have a leprechaun range at the? <laughs> <laughs> they have free range leprechauns. I, I, I will. I will warn people so who are. I will warn people who are coming to the Red Leprechaun. The food is really, really good. The kitchen is really, really slow. Yeah, get there just, early. Just. Just a warning. It's very good food, and it's very slow kitchen. The service is good. The bar service is good. The kitchen is very slow. All right. And the music will be good as long as and we're how the many, ones providing. How big a venue is the Red Leprechaun? I mean, you're talking, you know, um, a couple six, hundred people? 60,000. 60. <laughs> right, yes. It's an arena. Uh, 90,000 people. Well, because you uh, plug this now, and if, if 600 people show up, are they all going to get in? Uh, no. It's about... Um, I'd say maybe a hundred, hundred and twenty-five. So get there early. Reserve get there early. Seat. We'll be going on if if we continue true to form. We will be going on at seven o'clock. Cool. All right. Uh, for a three-hour show. Excellent. Um, but yes, uh, and I think we're gonna have one of our new songs at the end of this episode. Yes, we will off the new CD. Yeah. And for those people not listening live, they will hear it. There we go. So. We'd also like to thank uh, EasyRollerDice.com for for sponsoring the show. We appreciate it. Go to EasyRollerDice.com. Don't forget the code HAPPYDICE, all to one word. grab your okay. fat sack. For 10% off. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves to grab a fat sack and at 10% off. Who wouldn't? Please don't take 10% off my sack. <laughs> 
<laughs> you beat me to it. All right. That would have been weird coming from me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling it. All right. We're listeners of Happy Jacks on Thank you for joining us for season 15, episode 1 of Happy Jack's Arbitry Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Mary. This is Stork, and I just realized it's the first episode. I, I didn't oh, know. It's yeah, a new it season. Yes, new season. I had no idea. And this is Kurt. And thank you again to EasyRollerDice.com. And we'll leave you with a song by Sport of Tricks. Dungeons and Dragons It all hath find the fatal savage ways Evil oh. will be usurping Though we could do with less burping Happy Jack's podcast will be Slaves, you 
preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, bum, bum.